Oh, yeah, and I uh, I can't wait for episode fifty. Um, that'll be that'll be a good one. Middle of March, right around March Madness time. Thinking, so. that, that may be right before after Selection Sunday, March tenth. The weekend before, I want to say. Yeah, that's uh, right after. I believe that's right after Selection Sunday. So that will be perfect. We're going to be kind of all over the map on this week's show. There's, I started prepping for this week's show. We have our main topic, and then I was looking, oh, there's a lot of other stuff to dabble on. So this is Andrew's show before the Super Bowl. We have got a couple different guys coming on next week. But Andrew's going to give you, if you'd like to, you can have your free reign to do some Super Bowl talk or NFL preview wrap-up. We can talk about NFL coaches. We've got WNBA free agency. We've got college basketball. We've got the NBA. We've got, um, just blanked on it. What was the other thing? Oh, the Royal Rumble from this weekend that you don't want to talk about near as much as I do. So much going on in the sports world. We're also going to pick our all-star teams. That's going to be our big one this week. Andrew and I are going to pick our NBA all-star teams. 12-man rosters. We're going to go back and forth. We're not going to go by the picks that the NBA gave us. We're going to make our own because we don't all agree that Andrew Wiggins should be an NBA all-star starter. But before we get into that, Andrew, anything that you would like to say on the Super Bowl or the NFL playoffs? Any wild uh, predictions you want to make? I am uh, all in on the Bengals now. Uh, I think that's that's how most people are feeling. Um, the Bengals have kind of been on a magical run and uh, Joe Burrow is kind of on a magical run, and I would uh, really like to see Joe Burrow pull it out. So I'll be uh, heavily rooting for the Bengals, and uh, I'm definitely interested in them. And I, I thank them for their service and what they did to uh, Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. So uh, that was great. We got them out of our lives for a whole year now. It does seem to be the weirdest thing that everybody's united in. Everybody seems like Patrick Mahomes. I get a few teams in the AFC West, you may not like him that much. But really, for the most part, Patrick Mahomes seems to be a likable guy. Everybody seems to kind of cheer for him. But then, yeah, the people that surround him, everybody kind of enjoys watching them lose. And I I love the Bengals. Uh, as we took no, Shannon does the show with us. Diehard Bengals fan. Kind of the biggest sports moment of his life last week. I've seen some somewhat embarrassing videos of him losing his mind. But I guess if you've been a Bengals fan and you we have to remember younger fans, the Bengals were really good in the eighties, like two Super Bowls appearances good in the eighties, but they were one of the worst teams in professional sports throughout the nineties and into much of the two thousands and 2010s. Like they weren't like the Falcons or like the chiefs or the Raiders who are kind of good sometimes kind of bad. They were awful, awful. They were like the LA Clippers for 30 years, kind of bad. Trying to think yeah, of who's like the comparable loser now franchise who's just awful every single year. I mean, you mentioned those Super Bowl appearances. That was before I was born, but you know, before a lot of a lot of people were born, you know, there's whole generations of people that have never seen anything like that. I mean, they've seen Andy Dalton make it to the wild card round and then subsequently lose every time he does. Um, but they haven't seen a lot of success. So I'm kind of happy for them. They haven't seen a lot of success. Uh, the Rams were there a few years ago with with Jared Goff, which is just amazing, and they're back, and they look good. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I'm really more uh, going to be entertained by the halftime show, which I think is going to be one of the all-time great halftime shows uh, that there's ever been. So I'm really more looking forward to that, I, although I do think the game will be a good, good um, football game to watch this year. 
one of the strangest halftime shows. I'm just trying to think of how many radio edits can you do in a halftime show. I wish they would amend the radio edit thing for this year's halftime show. <laughs> they won't, but I feel like if there was any year to do it, this would be the year to do it. Um, forgot about Dre, you know, still Dre next episode. Those are all very different songs when you uh, make them radio edits right. as opposed to the original version. And all the Eminem songs that uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg have appeared on. It feels like Mary J. Blige is probably going to get away with doing her basic stuff. She's always been pretty clean. But those other three, whew, I think it's Kendrick Lamar on it too. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, and some of his sh- songs change when you right. go to radio edits as well. Uh, not nearly the same quality. So I wish they would just amend that rule for one one year. Well, they're trying to get so young and hip by bringing in acts that they take away the hipness from, but okay. That's exactly spot on. I'll still watch. I'm one of those people. I care about the game. I don't care about the commercials or the pregame or the halftime, whatever, but this one will actually keep my attention. I think a lot of years, like I didn't care when it was Maroon 5 or Katy Perry or like even the who, like, yes, the who are great, but I don't need to see the who in the two thousands, maybe in the sixties and seventies. But I'd love to say this probably is one of the ones I'm more interested in, in recent memory. For sure. Um, I think this is definitely one of the ones that uh, I'm most interested in um, besides like the uh, Minneapolis halftime show that was dedicated to Prince. That was pretty good. That stands out in my mind. Uh, The Justin Timberlake halftime show, the whole malfunction uh, scenario stands out in my mind, but I think this is going to be probably the best that i've i've seen in my lifetime you're you're putting out quite the sitting a high bar coming out right away i'm I'm hyping it yeah i'm hyping the halftime show okay so for some random history the super bowls that the Bengals played in before were in 81 and 88 the year i was born 88 yeah i just you saw the cat out of the bag we now everybody knows how old you are and your name might as well give out your social security number while you're at it yeah, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So the 1981 Super Bowl, the performer was Helen O'Connell. I have no idea who that is. Wikipedia says she was a singer, actress, and hostess, the quintessential big band singer of the 40s. Okay. So <laughs> 40 years later. <laughs> Uh, 1988, the Super Bowl was Herb Alpert. Who I, at least I've heard the name, but I don't know who he is. Oh, the Tijuana Brass. She's like a trumpet player the super bowl halftime show has come a long way in 40 years what a long year, way. what years did the rams play in it i'm thinking and researching at the same time obviously a couple of years ago the rams rams have been in quite a few times haven't they yeah we have the kurt warner years um we have the 2018 year with jared goff versus the patriots um i believe the kurt warner years were uh, 99 and 2000 how uh, many Looks like they made one before that, didn't they? Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. Um, I believe they did make one before that, but it was a while before that. Um, I know it had been a while when Kurt Warner came around that they had made it to the to the Super Bowl. I, I believe they made one with uh, Eric Dickerson um, running back there. Um, so they, like you said, they were the 2018 season. Yep. 2018, 2000, 
2000, well, 90, I, I hate this Super Bowl change of year thing. 18, 2001, 99. Those were the three, three seasons they made it and then the Super Bowl. Yep. And then 99. Make it? Why am I, why can I not read history well enough? That 99 Super Bowl, um, that is one of the most memorable memorable Super Bowl games that I have probably because I'm from Iowa I was rooting for the Rams so heavily but also that's the Kevin Dyson came six inches away from scoring a touchdown at the end of the game and the Titans winning and the Rams pulling it out so I think that's just one of the most vivid Super Bowl memories that sticks out in my mind yeah I think that's part of it is when you're from Iowa and have that connection to Kurt Warner that makes it a way bigger deal or like any hometown hero I'm gonna guess well Technically, Joe Burrow was born in Iowa, so if you want to, you want to ride that claim yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm glad that he was born in Iowa. I mean, I always think of him as from LSU, but uh, I, I like Joe Burrow. I think he's a fun to root for. I don't hate Matthew Stafford or the Rams or anything, but I think uh, Joe Burrow is just a lot more fun to root for. So that's who I'll be rooting for on Super Bowl Sunday, most definitely. Yeah. So that original Rams Super Bowl was in January of 1980. Halftime performance, up with people in the Grambling State University marching band. Interesting. Better better than the other two we've had so far. Let's see, what did we get up to? January of 2000. By 2000, we had to be getting into some good stuff. Yeah, I believe so. So it's 2000 and 2002. Oh, so we had Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Tony Braxton, and Edward James Olmos, which a weird cross-section of people, but not, I mean, that's good names. You kind of get a little bit of something for everybody in there for that. That was the game you were talking about. The Rams beat the Titans on the Kevin Dyson tackle. And then 2002, oh, 2002 is U2, so no, thank you. Yeah, um, I, I do remember that one. Um, what was the year Justin Timberlake was on with Janet Jackson? So that was 2004, so the 2003 season, which would have been – so that was Patriots-Panthers. Yep. Yep, I remember that. Jake DeLome. Which is supposedly a good game. Like, it in my brain from that time, the Patriots just killed the Panthers, but apparently it was a three-point game. I don't know why I think it's so lopsided that the Patriots just killed everybody. Yep, and that Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl against uh, McNabb and yeah, Terrell the Owens the year before that, yep. That stands out in my mind. No, the Patriots didn't didn't kill a lot of teams in the Super Bowl. They won a lot of close games. Contrary to popular belief, they didn't just roll over everybody. They they won a lot of close games in the Super Bowl. Getting back to our Rams Bengals talk, a feel good story. I'll dive into this more next week. Next week's episode will be all Super Bowl for me. But look. If you have to feel good for the Rams, at least for Matt Stafford, yeah, Sean McVay, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, sure, good. Most of these guys have been here before, or at least have been close. But Matt Stafford, you have to feel good for that guy. All the years he spent in Detroit, just they're the Lions. They're never going to get over the hump, and he finally gets to come here. So I'm happy for Matt Stafford. I don't know which way I'm going to go in this. I feel like the Rams are the smarter pick, but the Bengals, like you say, are such a feel-good story, and Joe Burrow is so exciting. Also a reminder of looks what happens when you stick with your coach. People wanted to fire Zach Taylor after his first year and then fire Zach Taylor after the second year. And now he's got you in the Super Bowl and a historical opportunity. I also appreciated, I saw this, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. The Cincinnati Bengals uniforms are suddenly not terrible now that they're good, 
which I have to say, I like the Bengals redesign. My point here being, look what happens when you get better uniforms. Happened with the Buccaneers. They got rid of that terrible uniform and went back to their classic, the red and pewter. The Bengals a couple of years ago got rid of kind of their bad 2000s, 2010s uniforms, a much better, cleaner look, which I hope they, I hope the Bengals are the home team. They need to wear some black and orange for this, none of this all white Bengals uniform. But I'm telling you, there's something to that. Buccaneers changed their uniforms. Bengals changed their uniforms. I think the Rams, Rams, when they went back to LA, they changed their uniforms. I'm telling you, that's the key. Get, get your uniforms on point. Look good, feel good. Look good, play good. Mm. So you're, so you're saying there's there's no science to football. It's just you change your uniforms Correct. and then you automatically win. So Facts. everything that we've learned from every sports movie ever, uh, where we have the montage where uh, everybody comes out with new uniforms and cleaner uniforms and they're all of a sudden good. They go from zero to hero. Yes. Every Disney sports movie ever is actual fact. I'm on board with this theory. I think I, I like this theory. Um, I was also going to mention, you mentioned uh, Matt Stafford, Detroit. Is this the closest Detroit's ever been to a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford wow. and Eminem being a part of it? Wow. Is this the closest that they'll ever get? Shots fired. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I think this may be the closest that Detroit will ever get to the Super Bowl. So soak it up, hey. Detroit fans. This is, this is as good as you're going to get. The Bengals are trying to get out of that club. I think there's six teams who have never won a Super Bowl, and the Bengals and Lions are both part of that crop right now. You've got – or no, hang on. There's four that have never been to the Super Bowl. There's a lot more that have never won it. That makes more sense. But the Bengals yeah. the Bengals are in the winless club. They're looking to join the Saints with their one win. And for that reason, uh, that's another reason why I'm in on the Bengals, and I, I will take the Bengals. So – uh, given my official prediction there, give me the Bengals uh, 28 to, to 24 over the Rams. Ooh. I, if it's going to happen, it's going to be some more Evan McPherson heroics. Yeah, um, he's been great for sure. But I, I think uh, this one's going to be Joey B, a little bit of a coming out party. He's going to throw two or three touchdowns and uh, win the Super Bowl MVP and smoke all kinds of cigars on TV. And we're going to soak up every minute of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for these Joe Burrow celebrations. I really didn't care about him at LSU because I kind of hate LSU, but I like Cincinnati Joe Burrow a lot more. Yeah, he's, he's very fun. He's got a lot of swagger as I, I believe the kids would say. And uh, I enjoy that. He's swagged up. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not going to try and say that. I'm not going to okay. try and sound cooler than what I am, but he, he's very cool. And I see why uh, a lot of the younger generation will like Joe Burrow in the years to come. As long as his brother and wife don't spray champagne on people. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, maybe uh, Joe Burrow's not a family guy, so we won't ever have to worry about That's those kinds of things. Now that Aaron Rodgers is potentially retiring, Tom Brady is retired. We can get to that later. Uh, J.J. Watt's kind of out of the commercial scene. Next year, are we just going to have Joe Burrow in every single commercial? Because right now I feel like it's Rodgers and Mahomes are in everything for a while. It was like Rodgers and Watt were in everything. Brady pops up from time to time, but he usually does his bougie, fancy brands. I just feel like Um, next year, football season, Joe Burrow is going to be in everything. Baker Mayfield out, Joe Burrow in. So. Uh, we're, we're getting Baker Mayfield out of all the stuff 
and we're getting Joe Burrow in the Baker Mayfield spot. I don't think uh, we're going to see the last of Rodgers or Mahomes or USAA Gronk. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will not. I will. I will not sleep until Gronk gets a USAA account. Okay, like I. I mean, will he ever get a USAA account? I hope so. During the Super Bowl, he'll be allowed to get one. He might need it. Um, but anyways, I think uh, Joe Burrow's taking over that Baker Mayfield spot. It's going to be hurt feelings in the state of Ohio. Yeah, well, play better, Baker, and then you get to keep the commercial spots. Mm. Well, we'll have plenty more ways to talk about the Super Bowl. We already have one person who's team Bengals. We'll see how the rest of us shake out here in the next week. But we want to talk about the NBA All-Star Game. It's going to be our big meat of this week's episode. A new new project we've never tried on the show, and we've minimally discussed it ahead of time. So we're going to see how this works out. Do you like my idea of 12-man rosters? I love your idea of 12-man rosters. And uh, just to clarify, we aren't uh, we aren't sticking to uh, we have to go all east, all west, or anything like that. It's, it's free-for-all. Um, 12 man rosters with just this year's current players. Correct. Yes. That was going to be my question. I don't think one of us should be East and West. We can mix and match, but should we do 12 each from each conference? So they're equally represented. I, I think we should uh, do 12 each from each conference. So that they are okay. equally represented because, you know, otherwise uh, we're going to get a little bit away from uh, the realistic the format. Yeah, a little, yeah, the East. Yeah, I think uh, that's a very real possibility. So we'll we'll try to balance it out somehow um, as we go. And because you are the guest, I will give you the first overall pick in the 2022 NBA All Star Draft. And again, we're doing this based on their 2022 performance. Like, yes, I can't think of somebody who'd be a good name, but yes, they've been great forever and they're a hall of fame player, but you're probably not drafting Carmelo Anthony based on 2021, 2022 performance. No, um, not unless I'm just the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan in the world, um, which I know a couple, but uh, that's not going to be me. Uh, I am going to, however, draft another guy I'm a big fan of and not from the same team as Carmelo. I'm going to stick with my Wisconsin theme and uh, take Giannis number one overall. Um, I think he's just the best o- overall player both ways. Um, and that's why I like anchoring my team around Giannis. Averaging 28, 11, and 6 right now for the Freak. Yep. And uh, maybe a couple blocks and a couple steals in there too. And shooting really well from the field. Just doing everything. Back in the MVP race. I don't see why I wouldn't take Giannis number one overall. Not a, not a bad choice. I was curious which way you would go and who you were going to leave me, but I'm, I'm a sucker for the glamor points and, and the, I don't need you to do the dirty work. Sometimes I need a little bit of flash. So I'm going to go with the flash. I'm going to go with the fireworks. I'm going to go with the excitement. Give me all the points. Give me Stephen Curry, my first overall pick running the point for me. I like that. I I definitely thought about that. Lean that direction. There's a couple different directions um, you can go. And also, before we continue on, are we 
assuming health, um, because Kevin Durant, his health, are we, uh, are we throwing him out or are we going with guys who are healthy and are definitely going to play? I, I guess we should have clarified that before we're we started. A, because you are far more up to date on who's injured and who's not. And I couldn't tell you, we're going to assume everybody's in as good of health as they've been this season. Like if they've actually been suiting up and playing most of this year, we will take them. Okay, and I, I do believe that Kevin Durant is probably going to be out for the All-Star game because he got injured uh, relatively recently, and it was maybe like a four- to six-week injury. We've got the All-Star game coming up on the 20th, so I, I think uh, we have to take uh, Durant out because I, I assume that he will not be healthy in time for the game. So um, with all that said, I'm going to go on and take my next pick, and I, I'm, I think I'm going to maybe – surprise you with this one and I'm going to take my own version of Flash and uh, go with Ja Morant. Ooh, he's he's on the actual official starting team, isn't he? He is on the actual official starting team for the West Um, and he is all the Flash. Um, I realize with my first two picks, my my team isn't going to be great from three with Giannis and Job. That's just not either of those things. But the lob possibilities from Giannis to Jaw and Jaw back to Giannis, uh, give me all the dunks, all the fast breaks. <laughs> Both those guys are electric on the fast break. I'm I'm really just trying to have the most fun best passing most synergy is what i'm going for here not the most three-point shots i'm going for uh, the most synergy and and breaks and dunks which is what the all-star game is all about and i know we don't have to stick to position you could take five centers if you wanted to or five point guards but just for my own edification are you are you having Giannis as your power forward or is he your center I, i think i will i will put him in my center spot um i think it's He's just so awesome as a as a five spot. He's so versatile and can do so many things. And yeah, don't tempt me with the possibility of taking that uh, Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Gobert lineup because I'll do it. Um, but he needs uh, to handle the ball. Uh, no, Jokic can run my point guard. I'll let nice. Jokic run the point guard. I'll let Jokic and Giannis trade off. But uh, anyways, I'm taking Jaw and. Uh, Tossing it back to you. Well, I'm going to stay out West and I'm going to take the best European player in the world. The Joker. You just mentioned him. Nikola Jokic is going to be my center. He is the most underrated player in the world. Yes. He's a little drab, a little boring. Dare I say even a little dirty from time to time, but just look at the numbers. The guy is eighth in points right now. I think top 10 in rebounds and assists and steals. He's the most diversely talented player in the game. You look at all the advanced statistics. He's right up there at the top. I think he's the highest in player efficiency rating, close to the top in win shares. He he can do it all. He should be in the MVP conversation this year. We can maybe touch on MVP at the end of this if we have time, look at our top candidates. But for me, Jokic is in there. He will be my dynamic do-everything center with the fourth overall pick, which I should remind you, to make this go a little bit quicker, and because I'm getting robbed by not having the first pick, I do have a couple back-to-back selections. So, for example, I get picks eight and nine, 
And then there's a couple spots in the draft where you get to pick two players at one time. So it's kind of like in a fantasy football draft when you get the 12th pick, but then you also wow. get the first pick in the next round. So. Snaking. Okay. Yep. So are we to a point where you're taking back to back or is it back to no, me? Just, just prepping you for the future. You have the fifth overall gotcha. pick. Got it. Um, so I've got Giannis and I've got jaw. I've got a lot of excitement. You've left me with a lot of tempting options here and I, I'm not in, entirely sure where to go next. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay on my theme of picking guys who are really good all around players. And I'm going to take LeBron James Ah, for my third third selection here. Um, Again, I'm going to be pretty light on the three point shooting, but I'm going to be pretty high on the dunks, the fast breaks, the passing, the synergy of the team. I'm going to like it. And then I think uh, late in the fourth quarter where, the guys actually do start cracking down on defense and playing the game. I love uh, the Giannis LeBron jaw defensive uh, combination that I got going on there. I can put a lot of pressure on the other team with that. So that's why I'm taking LeBron and uh, I've just got a, an extremely versatile lineup going on right now. Currently we have four players in the West and only one from the East. So I need to go back to the East coast and get somebody and he may be a little banged up right now, but he's still the best scorer in the world. Well, maybe the second best. I have the two best scores in the world. I'm taking Kevin Durant healthy. I think he would have been the MVP this season. We'll see what happens if he does come back, missed a few more games than I'd like to see, but if he comes back after the all-star break healthy, I will take Mr. Kevin Durant to offset your LeBron James, probably the two best players of the last decade in the NBA. So he's going to be my power forward. Now my, my front court is Jokic and Durant. So good luck. Yeah. And I counter with uh, LeBron and Giannis and I, I feel good about it. Um, I feel very good about it. Actually. Um, I, I am going to also head back East because there's a lot of good options still available there in the Eastern conference. And I'm going to go ahead and take a guy who's, who's tearing it up on a new team and I'm going to select DeMar DeRozan nice. as my fourth starter. Um, again, highly inefficient three point shooter. My team's not going to be shooting a lot of threes, uh, but I like uh, <laughs> what I've seen from DeMar this season and on both ends. And he's just a, just an all out scorer. So I think we're going to be having a lot of fun running up and down the court and, running and dunking and then you've got plenty of guys who can make something happen in an ISO situation. Um, and I, De- DeMar DeRozan's actually really good at that. He's like, uh, like a poor man's, a uh, poor man's Kobe, um, in, in some sense a little bit. So I love, uh, I love DeMar DeRozan and everything I've seen from him. And so I want to give him a starting spot. And those are the kind of guys I'd like to see who deserve it, who he was good several years ago and then kind of dipped, but he's, playing out of his mind. We've talked about on the show several times, the Bulls, where did this Bulls team come from? Specifically, DeMar DeRozan leading the way that there. Zach Levine's also having a strong year, especially DeRozan. So props to him, props to you. He is somebody who definitely deserves to be in the all-star conversation and potentially even all-star starter. I think he's fifth in points right now. So doing everything you need. He is sixth. Uh, He is number six in points right now. Nice. Uh, Just slightly behind, uh, Trey Young and tied with John Morant for six, actually. Nice. 
Oh, what do I want? So we're to the point where I'm going to go back to back here and then you will get to pick the last starter. Hmm. I'm trying to think what I need. I've got my scoring. I've got my big guys. Do I need a facilitator? I need, I need some, some wings and some guards who can facilitate and score. And there's a guy sitting out there who will also bring some balance to the force and be our fourth player out of the East. His team may not be living up to the hype we expected, but he's doing his part. I'm going with Trey Young to balance out my backcourt with Steph. Trey Young is right now third in assists, and he's also one of the top scorers in the league. I think one of the few guys is probably top seven, top five in both categories. Top ten, sorry. Uh, no, Trey Young is second in points. There you go. Second in points, second in assists. So give me Mr. Trey Young to eh, maybe a little weird to have him playing off the ball next to Steph, but I think they can both facilitate each other. Yeah. Um maybe some questions defensively as the game gets tighter and defense becomes a, a little bit more apparent there, but uh, you're going to be shooting all the threes, man. So I really, I really like that Trey Young pick. And then you told me not to go inside against Giannis and LeBron. That's true. I did say don't challenge Giannis and LeBron, but uh, I feel like you, I feel like you could, um, but I believe it's a, uh, it's back to you for this next pick here. Hmm. What do I want? I'm tempted to go big. There's there's a big name, big man sitting out there that we have not touched yet. Yeah, but and I'm with you. But do I want? Do I want the sizzle or do I want the steak? You know, I, I'm down. I'm down to like three guys, all for various reasons. One can score. One's a big man, and one I just really like for the diverse talent. Against my better judgment, I'm going to take the bait. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. Give me the give me the NBA's leading scorer, total points on the season. The guy is, I think, also one of the leaders in minutes. Not something you really think about with Jason Tatum, but he's third in minutes played this year. So, uh, incredibly durable season for a guy that we don't think about as being a tough guy. But give me Jason Tatum to kind of be that a, a very very large small forward and complete my starting five. And we'll go over our starting fives here after you make your final pick. I, I kind of like what you've done. Uh, you're going a little bit small, but uh, it's kind of the, the small ball NBA thing that you kind of got going on there, I think, um, with uh, Jokic and Durant and all that stuff. And I can't not have a starting lineup. Uh, one of our starting lineups has to have this guy. So uh, I know I said Giannis is my center, but I'm going to shift him down and shift LeBron down and take Embiid. For my there center spot. And uh, I'm just going to play pretty big and not a lot of shooting. Um, but we're going to we're going to really pound things and force the issue inside. Somehow we ended up with six Eastern Conference players and four Western Conference. I have a feeling that's going to swing back the other way here when we finish out the draft. But to recap your starters, you've got Giannis, John Morant, LeBron, DeMar DeRozan and Joel Embiid. I am countering with Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, and Jason Tatum. I like it. Um, that that would be two awesome starting lineups going head to head. There, I think. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And even going to get traded at the All Star break, can we start speculating which which of them are going to make a super team? Uh, none of those. None of those. Uh, that's usually an off-season kind of kind of deal. Um, I think the biggest name 
maybe at the trade deadline that we'll see is Ben Simmons. But that's been a name that's been floated out there for a long time. So I don't think that'd be uh, surprising to anyone. And I know we can get to some of these guys here, but I'm trying to look at maybe who are some of the snubs that people would have expected. I think we got most of the top. I think we got the top. With nine of the top 10 scores, Devin Booker, we haven't gotten to yet. Carl Anthony Town, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Anthony Edwards having a great year. Luka James Dawkins. Harden, Bradley. Oh, yeah, Luca, your, your boy Luca. We all know that I, how we have yeah. differences of opinion. I, James Harden was the one I was thinking is probably the biggest name that we neglected because he's having a decent year. I mean, not like a James Harden esque year, but still a top 25 season. Kyrie Irving, did we ne- ne- neglect Kyrie? No, I'm just kidding. Anthony Davis. Kyrie is um, neglecting the NBA, so. Anthony Davis, are we neglecting him because of the injuries and, and things? Uh, hey, you are you are welcome to have him. I will tell you right now, you can have Anthony Davis if you would like him. <laughs> you know, to, to each take a Laker, you can have Anthony Davis and I'll have Russell Westbrook, and we'll just have them be our 13th <laughs> pick. Uh, is, that, is that how it works, is we have to just take a secondary Lakers? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is that just – Okay. One of us has to, we each have to end up with one secondary Laker. I think that should be a rule. Every year, every year, there (laughs) has to be a secondary Laker, no matter how many Lakers got on the team. They have to be over the age of 33. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Uh, That'd be really interesting. Can we, can we do an all over the age of 33 all-stars? That'd be a, That'd be an interesting team. Uh, you would have approximately, let's see, 33 and over. There's a lot of guys who are 30. There are 48 players who have played a minute in the NBA this year who are 33 and older. Once you get over 35, there are only 22 players, which now you've opened this can of worms. Can you name the oldest player who has scored a point in the NBA this year? The oldest player who has scored a point. Man, is it LeBron? It is not LeBron. LeBron is fifth on the list, or fifth or tied for fourth, whatever you want to call it. He and Melo are both 37. There's three oh. guys who are older. Chris Paul? Incorrect. Chris Paul is only 36. Wow. Dwight? DeAndre? Uh, Dwight is also 36. Uh, DeAndre? I'm just guessing LA Lakers at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking LA Lakers on this one at this point. So, third on the uh, list, it is fun to look at. You look at the one, two, three, four of the ten oldest players in the league are currently on the Lakers, and a lot of the other ones are on the Nets. So, shocker. Rondo. Yeah, uh, incorrect. Rondo is. I think Rondo's only like 33. Um, oh. which oh no, there he is. He's 35. He's 20th. Um, so third on the list, Mr. Hampton's five, Andre Iguodala, back with the Warriors. Yeah, Andre, okay. Number two, scraped him off his couch when COVID hit for the Boston Celtics, Joe Johnson. That's it, yeah. 40 years old. There's one guy ahead of him. Joe Johnson's only 40. This man is 41 years old and I believe has spent his entire career with one franchise. Uh, Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam has 26 points on the year, has appeared in nine games for the Heat. I I forgot that uh, we had the, all those COVID issues and we had to just – Pull guys out of the big three league and back into the NBA. That's where Joe Johnson came from. Hey, you know how to play basketball? Come be in the NBA. Yeah. Have you ever played basketball before? Come play in the NBA tonight. Do you watch SNL at all? Saturday Night Live? Uh, from time to time. No, they had a great. They had a great bit about that a couple weeks ago. They've been hit or miss this season, but they have one basically saying that 
any person on the planet can play an NBA game this year. <laughs> All right. I'll have to check that out on, on your word, but uh, I think I missed that one. Yeah. All right. So starting out the draft here, we'll try to get through these picks a little quicker. So I've got the first overall pick in the, of the bench players. And I've, like you mentioned, I've been going small. I'm kind of taking the sexy players and the points. I need some defense. I need somebody to counter you in the middle. And I'm going back to Europe for Rudy Gobert, the best defensive big man in the league, third in the league in blocks right now, I believe. Maybe first overall in rebounds. Yes, leader in rebounds. So I'm taking from the Jazz, Rudy Gobert. I like it. Um, that'll definitely counter Embiid. Um, so that's a. I think that's a pretty good pick. How are we doing on our Eastern Western Conf- Conference balance right now? So Eastern is currently ahead six to five. Six to five. So I can head out west. I'm going to go with a guy who's kind of been on a tear. I think he'll be perfect in this six-man role, and I'm going to take Devin Booker as my six-man. Nice. He was one of the guys I was really debating. I was like, do I go Tatum and Bede or Devin Booker? Because I really love Devin Booker, but I was all guarded up by that point. It was basically Booker versus Trey Young was really more of my debate. Yeah, Booker has been on just an absolute tear over the last uh, 10 games or so, and um, actually I'm, I'm watching him face off against the Nets right now as we speak. That That game's about underway on TNT um yeah Booker's been on an absolute tear so I'll take him for some shooting you need some to catch up I do and uh I'm looking at a guy but he's missed more time than I like tells me that he's which is weird he's a rock solid guy who never misses time uh who else do I want to go with who else is out there that I like you know, we're talking about singing the praises of guys who deserve it, who have been around, who never get the credit. You took this guy's teammate. I'm going to get some wing depth here with Zach Levine from the Bulls. He and DeRozan have really been the catalyst for getting that team over the hump. He's 13th in the league in scoring. Fitting that I take him with a 13th overall pick. It's going to be Zach Levine. All right. I, I like that. Um, I definitely thought about him, but I, I couldn't take – him with uh, Booker and Donovan Mitchell and Luka Doncic still on the board. I think he's kind of on down that pecking order for me. Although Levine's been great. He just uh, – he doesn't offer the playmaking that I think uh, this next guy can. And I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take Luka Doncic here as my backup point guard. And uh, I like oh, being shucks. able to sub him, him, him out in and out with a jaw. So – um, I'm going to take Luka Doncic. Man, where do I want to go next? What do I need? My team is perfect. I have everything. Okay, now that I'm going to pick any of these guys, but if you looked at the top five in steals, this is not the list of people I expected. Marcus Smart makes sense. But Chris Paul, Deontay Murray, Marcus Smart, Tyrese Halliburton, and Gary Trent Jr. were not the five names I was going to pick for leaders in steals. No, um, I, I mean, Marcus Smart, Chris Paul, I understand that. Deontay Murray, yeah, that makes sense, uh, considering how much I watched of him and and the tear that he's been on. He's a very solid all-around player. Oh, there's one guy I wanted to take, and as I look more at his numbers, I, eh, you know what, let's go with it. 
At this point, my team is all about giving credit to the guys who deserve it. This guy has been toiling in a way. He is the Matthew Stafford of the NBA. I need some guard depth. Give me Bradley Beal for the Wizards. And please, somebody trade for Bradley Beal. Somebody good. Rescue him from the Wizards. I think I've said that every time we have an NBA episode. But he's having a solid year. Uh, 15th in points right now. 23 per game. Six assists. Getting a steal per game. He's doing his thing. We just never notice him because he plays for the Wizards. Calling him the Matthew Stafford of the NBA feels so appropriate. I, I can't believe I didn't think of it before. Um, yeah, that's that's a very appropriate uh, comparison there for Mr. Bradley Beal. And you are um, up with a double pick now to get us back on tracks. So you have picks 16 and 17. Double pick. Who? What are we looking at on our balance balance sheet here? So the West is currently ahead by one, eight to eight to seven with the West. Leading. Okay. I'm going to go one East, one West. So we'll keep that kind of, kind of going there. And I think who I'm going to take in the East might surprise you. Um, it's a guy who's made a really big leap this year and plays on one of the most exciting teams. I'm going for the dunks uh, and all the excitement here. I'm going to take Miles Bridges. What did I uh, see him in? He's like leads the league in blocks or something crazy that I didn't expect. Yeah, that may be. Uh, but he's become, he's become an efficient three-point shooter and uh, averages over 20 points a game. And he's had some just monster games. Um, I'm not sure about leading the leagues in blocks or anything, but he also has some awesome highlight reel dunks that I think are just absolutely incredible. So I'm going to take Miles Bridges and give him love um, off the bench as my Eastern Conference pick. And then I'm going to go ahead and take another guy who's made a leap, and it's going to be the first Minnesota player off the board, and that is going to be Anthony Edwards. Um, If you're going to pick a Timberwolf, he is the right one to pick. Yeah, and a lot of people will say, why aren't you picking Carl Anthony Towns? He scores more points. Uh, he's got more rebounds and all that. I, I just like Anthony Edwards. He's a better all-around player, and he can throw down some highlight reel dunks too. Um, so really, I'm just going for the highlight reel dunks because that's what the All-Star game is all about. Why were Miles and Michael Bridges drafted in the exact same draft class? That will confuse me forever. Yeah, and they're both solid players. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is a little bit more of a role player than uh, Miles Bridges is because he's definitely an all-star. But, yeah, I'm really excited to unleash my team for three quarters and say go have fun for three quarters, guys. Just don't let it get too far out of hand and throw down all the ridiculous dunks that you can, and that's exactly what my team's going to do. Nice. All right, so pick number 19 back, or pick number 18 back to me. <laughs> I don't think I was ever going to consider this guy, but the metrics, the advanced numbers, whatever they mean, tell me that he's had a really good season. His team is terrible. But I'm going to go with DeMontis Bonus, having a pretty strong season, top 20 in player efficiency rating, uh, decent in some of the other numbers, win shares, and I still call it war. It's not war in the NBA, but you know what I mean? So I need, I need some more big. I've 
to rotate Jokic and Gobert out. Give me DeMontis Sabonis to get in there and get some minutes and be a relatively effective offensive big man. I like it. Um, I like Sabonis. He's a throwback player. Um, I wish the Pacers would be good, him and Miles Turner, and then they can't do anything with it. Yep. And uh, Karis LeVert now and and, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. They got a solid team. They just haven't been able to piece it all together. Um, wow. Um, if it's back to me, there's there's a couple guys I can't believe are still here. I guess I feel like I've already got enough scores slash facilitators. Um, so I'm going to pass on Donovan Mitchell and, and leave him to you. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Jalen Brown here. Uh, Jason Tatum's teammate. I really like the explosiveness of Brown. He can go off for 40 points. He'll add some shooting, some defense, some versatility as well. So I'll go ahead and take Jalen Brown. Really stacking up on those guards and small forwards here with your bench. Yep. I feel good about my my bigs and my front court with the guys I got in my starting lineup. So I need to stack up on the guards. And and a couple of these guys that I picked can play some small ball stuff. Um, with Anthony Edwards and Miles Bridges, I can throw him in as a small ball four if I need to. All right, so I have, so I'm going to have two picks. You're going to have two picks, and then I will have the Mister Irrelevant pick twenty four. So we're down to our final five right now. And since you're just going to leave them up there and serve them up on a silver platter for me, I will finally take Donovan Mitchell off the board. I need some scoring help there in my backcourt. Is this what happened last year, the last couple of years of the NBA draft? Was, was it the Jazz or the Nugget players who got left till the end? They're like, wait, what did we do just because we play in Utah? <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly – It was like LeBron exactly and Durant were like, yeah, well, nobody watches Jazz basketball. I think it's those West Coast tip-off times, and uh, people don't watch those West Coast tip-offs unless it's like the Lakers, uh, the Warriors, those kinds of things, so – I think that's a little bit what's going on there. All right. And for my next pick here, I think there's some bigger names out there. You still got Harden sitting out there, Westbrook, if you really want to go for it. He's got the numbers. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Julius Randle, some bigger names out there. But I'm going to go with the guy who's up and coming, playing with the team nobody watches because they're horrendous. But he's quietly becoming their star. I'm going down to Oklahoma City, and I'm taking SGA. Shy Gilgis Alexander, 17th overall in scoring this year. He's going to be uh, basically my backup point guard at this point in time to, to spell Steph or Trey, whomever I decide to put at that position. Give me SGA as a backup point guard. I like that pick. Um feel like he deserves some love. Let's uh, – man, I, I was also wanting to follow your trend of taking a – good player from a bad team um but i don't i don't really see an obvious one out there for me um so i think i'm gonna go ahead and take a a son's teammate here um a guy who sat out a little bit um but a guy that i'm pretty high on and i'll take a backup big man deandre aiden I was just looking at numbers. I was thinking about that. Where is DeAndre Ayton in any of these totals? Yeah, and he's he's had a little bit of a rough season um, with some of the uh, 
with some of the injuries and, and things of that nature. Actually, you know what? Uh, scratch that. I believe Carl Anthony Towns is still on the board. He is. I'm going to actually just scratch out DeAndre Ayton and take Carl Anthony Towns. Need a backup big man. He's having a great season. I, I didn't realize Towns was still there. I thought you'd take him by now. So I'm uh, going to take I'm going to take Towns. Also, if you really want to adhere to our rules, that is the last Western Conference player, unless you want to cheat. We do have two spots left for Eastern Conference players. Okay, so we need Eastern Conference here. Which, Has, shout out to Chris Paul. Looking at these numbers more, one of us probably should have taken Chris Paul. Leads the league in assists and steals. Well, and if we need another... Whatever Chris uh, Paul things are, those the intangible don't make the stat sheet things. So We need another Eastern Conference player. There's a couple guys here that uh, I think could maybe deserve it here. And, and I'll go with the last one who I think deserves it. I'll double up on Milwaukee. I'll take Chris Middleton. The most underrated, neglected all-star in the league? Totally. Um, he, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Even after what he did in the playoffs last year, there were a couple games where Chris Middleton carried the Bucks. They don't win that championship without Chris Middleton. Obviously, they don't win it without Giannis either, but there's a couple games, specifically the game that Giannis was out that my Milwaukee still won um, because of Chris Middleton going off, um, specifically one of those Nets games, game five, I believe it was. That was kind of the Chris Middleton game. He doesn't get as much recognition as he should. He's had a little bit of a rough season this year, not up to his usual standards, just slightly under 20 points, but he's also been injured and out and he's kind of just getting back in the groove. So give me Chris Middleton uh, for my spot there as an Eastern Conference All-Star. And this may be a bit of a silly pick, and if I completely miss some big news, you can let me know and I will amend it. But I'm going to give the final overall pick to a guy who I've been a big fan of for a long time. His numbers are decent this year, but if you want, you want a baller, you want a dog, you want somebody who's going to lead your team, get you over the hump, make the difference. This is your guy. This is your locker room guy. I'm going Jimmy Butler. I need a swing man, somebody to kind of work the outside, play defense, do everything for the team uh, from that small forward position. Just give me Jimmy Butler. Missed quite a few games, it looks like, this year, but when he's healthy, give me him to get everybody fired up in the locker room. Yeah, I like I like that pick. Um yeah, I think Jimmy Butler is a really great pick, overall player, a dog. Yeah, that's the best way to describe Jimmy Butler. And we got twelve and twelve. So to recap our rosters here, uh, and then what, what I need you to do is create these rosters in NBA Two K or whatever video game you play, and then uh, run this and see how it actually plays out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can do that. Uh, if you want to shoot me over those rosters, there's no okay. way I'm going to remember this That's, off the top of my head. I'll send you a picture. But, uh, but so, so Team Andrew is Giannis, John Morantz, LeBron, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Miles Bridges, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brown, Carl Anthony Towns, and Chris with a K Middleton. And I have Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Rudy Gobert, 
Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, DeMontis Sabonis, Donovan Mitchell, Chai Gilgis-Alexander, and Jimmy Butler. Okay, that I could run the simulation on that. I'd rather, uh, you know, talk to you and, and field the draft of our over 33 All-Stars and run the simulation <laughs> on that one first. Uh, maybe I won't watch the simulation on that one because that could be pretty boring, you know, when I've got a – I'm running a – Dwight Howard and Andre Drummond out there at the same time on the court, but <laughs> you can um, have PJ Tucker, you can have Paul Millsap, Taj Gibson, um, Trevor Ariza, Jeff uh, Green, no, George Hill. I'm going to go for the all big men over 33 with the DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Javale uh, McGee. JaVale oh, you can have Bo- you can have Boban. Boban is 33. Boban, just give me the all centers over 33. <laughs> Lopez uh, twins. Oh yeah, we're. We're going big. We're going big, big, big. We'll let nice. we'll let one of the Lopez twins play point guard too. <laughs> Can't one of them shoot and one of them not shoot? Isn't that the difference? Brooke Lopez can shoot, but Rob and Lopez cannot shoot. Okay. Yep. Well, there you have it, folks. The true NBA All Stars, the sports gospel NBA All Star teams, the ones that matter. We'll find Wait, out how these. Yes. Did we snub uh, Andrew Wiggins? Your guy I was. You knew I was going to snug him, snub him. I was, I was waiting for you no. to. I was, I, I told you I, I had very reasoned, rational thoughts to why I was not ever going to pick him. I was, I left him out there for you. No, I think uh, the Andrew Wiggins thing is just a Warriors fan base going crazy yes. type deal. Um, I don't think there's any actual logical evidence as to why Andrew Wiggins should be an All Star. And I'm. I'm not saying that these guys all deserve to be on the roster because they've kind of missed for various years, uh, various reasons this year. But look at the guys we did leave off. James Harden's off. Steph Curry's off. Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie, Carmelo. Like some of the all-time greats still playing. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I get there's various reasons why we wouldn't pick these guys, whether injury, I have Clay and Draymond. But if there's injury or COVID or whatever other issues, there's a lot of big names that we did not have on either of our lists. Right. I appreciate yeah, that. I mean, we actually went by stats and research and not just, oh, that's a big name. I must vote for him. You had Steph Curry, but yeah, we left a – we You oh. did say Steph, he was, but uh, you he was did between, have he's, he's between Dame and Anthony Davis on the points per game list all time, so I must have just right, rolled right, yeah, we left, right on through the list. We left some big, some big names off there, and it wouldn't surprise me if some of those big names that we left off end up in the actual All-Star game because that's kind of how it goes, but – I feel like we did a good job going by stats, um, as you stated. So proud of it. Like our all-star rosters, it'd be a way more entertaining game than what (laughs) we're actually probably going to get. Right. And we'd make our guys play defense as well. You can't have it be 160 to 153. Oh, no, I like that. Um, I think we would try to break the all-time record for for points is what we should do. (laughs) See if we can get this thing to the 200s should be the goal. But uh, most of the time, halfway through the fourth quarter is when teams start playing defense in the All-Star game. Is there anything on the NBA All-Star game? Is it just for fun? Like baseball tried to do the home field advantage thing. I believe, yeah, I mean, the NBA can't really do that. Um, so I don't think there's really anything riding on it other than, like, some charity money. So that's why guys don't really take it too seriously. But then in the last six minutes, there's always a couple guys who want to make a push and win that all-star MVP and they take it seriously. And that's enough for the rest of everybody to take it seriously. 
Well, there you have our all-star roster teams. We've got a few minutes left here in the show. What else? What's would you like to? The floor is yours. We've got WNBA free agency. We've got the retirement of Tom Brady. We've got the Iowa Penn State wrestling meet. We've got NFL coaching carousel. We've got college basketball. What else has got your attention? I am uh, really uh, attuned to uh, college basketball right now. I've spent a lot of time watching college basketball over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I'm even a, I'm even the crazy guy who watches some of the mid-major <laughs> stuff. Um, Watch out for Iona. Look They're really, coming. Uh, yeah, look out for Iona. But uh, the Missouri Valley, I think, is the more relevant thing to my neck of the woods. Watched a really awesome game between uh, Drake and Loyola, which Drake won. Um, Drake kind of had a rough start to the season, but they're kind of getting things turned around a little bit, getting healthier. Missouri Valley could be a two-bid two league this year with Loyola and uh, and Drake being in um i think loyal and drake are going to play in chicago later in february so that may be something to uh keep on your radar if you don't want to just watch the big boys go at it all the time um some good mid-major stuff going on in college basketball and uh we can get into rpi uh, not rpi net rankings and all that kind of stuff if you want to um, but I think one thing that's been on my mind is SEC basketball has really taken a step up this year. And it's kind of weird to see, uh, Auburn number one team in the country. Kentucky is, you know, a top 10 borderline top five team. It wouldn't shock me at all to see two SEC teams in the final four, depending on how the bracket works out, of course, but Two SEC teams in the Final Four. I'm thinking about putting some money down on Kentucky because they aren't rated as highly as as Auburn, so they're a little bit more of a long shot odd. But I, I think it's kind of an interesting scenario where we've got so many SEC teams um, kind of in or around the top 25. So I've been following SEC basketball a little bit closer than I would like to admit, and it's kind of crazy. Well, that kind of leads me into my question I was going to ask you, kind of a cliche pretenders versus contenders type question. Looking at the AP Top 25 this week, some of the teams you expect, Gonzaga, UCLA, Purdue, Kentucky, Baylor, Duke, Kansas, none of those are shocking. But you've got an, somebody like an Auburn, Houston, Arizona, Wisconsin. Who, who are we buying from this group and who are you saying stay away from, despite all the hype, despite the ranking? So I think for a lot of people, they're going to see Auburn and think, really, am I going to bet Auburn in the big dance? So that's looking to you, the expert, who's the pretender from this crop that we shouldn't get, get excited just because they're a top 10, top 15 team right now? I think there's a couple teams there, and I think it's Houston, and I think it's, I think it's Wisconsin. Um, Auburn? I am buying. They've got they've got a number one pick, but they've also got a solid team all the way around it. They've got a couple of good playmaking guards between uh, Wendell Green and then also um, 
oh his name is on the top of my tip of my tongue here katie johnson is absolutely electric um big man seven footer walker kessler who's solid inside they're just a good solid all-around team and they've got a lot of guys they can kind of come at you in waves and they do that and they they put the pressure on you a little bit and come at you in waves and keep the game fast paced and flowing i i'm a firm believer in auburn um Houston, I'm not buying them because they, they've had a couple of devastating injuries. Um, they're rolling through the American Conference, but again, that's the American Conference. They aren't facing exactly the toughest level of competition. They aren't going to have the guys when they're up against kind of the big boys. I still think they're possibly like a fringe second weekend team, but they're not a Final Four good team. Wisconsin, I don't really believe in them either. I think they're a little bit weak on the inside, and they're going to kind of meet a team who can exploit that. And um, not really, uh, that's not really going to be a good scenario for them. So, uh, another team that I I think is high up there, but if we look at the defensive metrics on this team, it's actually not that great. They're actually kind of average. And that's Purdue. Um, they've been playing better, and that, that ranking has been kind of coming up. But um, there's a stat that I like to reference when I look at Final Four teams and national champion teams. Um, the national champion in college basketball since, like, 2006, when, like, these metrics first came out, uh, there's this guy named Ken Pomeroy who runs these incredible – offensive and defensive metrics but the national champion has always been top 25 in offensive efficiency and top top 40 in defensive efficiency and purdue fits the bill on offense but not on defense so if you're betting on like a a contender um to win it all this year in college basketball look at the ken palm metrics and look at the offensive and efficient defensive efficiency rankings uh the teams that meet the metric that i just talked about are gonzaga kentucky baylor arizona houston who i'm down on just because of the level of competition villanova auburn ucla duke and i believe that's it yukon surprisingly fits this and michigan state um, so I'm not firm believers in UConn or Michigan state. I wouldn't bet on them to win it all unless you really want to take a long shot. Um, but I kind of like Auburn. I kind of like UCLA, Kentucky. You know, you should, you know, you should stay away from Iowa 108th in that defensive efficiency for your Hawkeyes. Yeah. And, um, I, I got to stay away from Iowa state for an opposite. Why wouldn't you? Because of the uh, the offense, 123 in adjusted offense. So um, you're right. The Iowa defense is not good, but uh, which is weird. What I think of when I think of Iowa basketball, I think three and D, not great offense, bad defense. Surprisingly, under the Fran McCaffrey era, and especially in the past recent seasons, they've been a top ten, top five offensive team the past three years or so but the defense has kind of been a struggle. It's actually not as bad the past couple of years as it has been in the past. Two years ago, it was really bad. It was even worse than what it is now. 
Um, but you're right. I, when I think of Iowa State, I think of the run-and-gun offensive stuff, right. like the Hoyball era. And But when you when you watch them, it, their identity is completely defense. It's like it's like a better version of Todd Lickolator basketball. I was thinking How of this. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean that to be an insult. I mean, it's like Todd Licklider's perfect vision of what a basketball team could be. That's Iowa state this year. Like, I think that's, that's it. And I do, do not mean that in an insulting way. I think that's like a, it's maybe like a, well, maybe a better way of putting it is like, it's a, like a Virginia when they were at their peak, it's kind of like that. Um, only not quite as good yet. So 30, 30 to 22 at halftime. Yeah. That's kind of a, that's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Virginia basketball type thing that they got going on there, except they don't just play straight man to man defense the whole time. They do switch it up on defense and play zone play man, but their identity is 100% defense and, and rebounding and all that kind of thing. It's a, it's going to be interesting to see kind of, maybe over the years, how like the offense can kind of come along because you see flashes of it, but you don't really see it consistently enough to where they can, uh, they can win a lot. So for them in March, it's going to really come down to who do they get matched up against in the NCAA tournament? It's, Same for Iowa, but, and that's really what the tournament comes down to is the matchups. But if they get matched up with a team that can score really well and is good enough to beat their defense, then that's obviously not going to be good for them. If they, if they come up across a team that can put up a lot of points, that's not going to be a good scenario for them. So it's weird to look at these rankings like South Dakota state 14th in offense, 246th in defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're completely, uh, they are actually a fun team to watch. If you want to tune into some summit league basketball, they're one of the better offensive teams out there and they're going to kind of be one of those trendy picks. That's going to be a team. That's going to be a trendy pick. They're probably going to fall on that 11 or 12 seed line. If they win their conference tournament or maybe even a 13 seed or something like that. And they're kind of going to be one of those trendy picks for a first round upset. I'm going to stay away from them because of what you mentioned there, that, that defensive metric, but I do think they are kind of a team that could put a scare into somebody come, uh, come March. Also think that like Drake is that kind of team too. If you, if you aren't uh, prepared for them, they're so versatile. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of um, experience and they've kind of been there before, but they've also got a Tucker DeVries who's a, a good freshman that can provide some scoring punch, more scoring punch than what they had last year. Um, so I also think Drake or Loyola are kind of teams that could kind of surprise people. Although Loyola had a pretty good run last year after knocking off Illinois, but uh, those are kind of the mid-major teams I'm keeping my eye on. And then Iona is going to be a very popular team. Um, come. Uh, come tournament time just because of Rick Pitino. Um, and also they're a decent team, but again, you have to consider the competition level. So uh, maybe we can get into that later in March and maybe when uh, the uh, the brackets come out and things, but there's a couple of mid-major teams that I think are going to be interesting this year to keep an eye on. One last thing before we get out of here, this almost slipped my mind. 
So our show will drop after this announcement, but we are recording before the announcement, the WFT name change. I believe it's supposed to be announced on February 2nd. Uh, do they stick with the WFTs or do they become the Defenders, the Commanders, the Red Hawks, the Brigade, the Sentinels, the Admirals, the Presidents, the Armada, the Red Hogs, or is that all a smokescreen and it's going to be something completely different? Well, I have seen reports on the internet and I've been on Twitter tonight and I think the name has already been leaked and it will be the Commanders. Which is not one of the better options. If I had no. to pick, I would have gone with Armada. I, I actually kind of thought they'd stick with RFT, but I liked Armada and Brigade of that list. I like that too, but uh, Commanders, and unfortunately they aren't playing the Chiefs next year, so we don't get Commanders versus Chiefs. Sorry. Yeah, I, I want that just for the puns <laughs> and the dad jokes alone. But uh, Once every four not- years. Yep, once every four years. Yeah, that'd be great. Once every four years, it'd be a great um, great game. But uh, Unless they meet in the been... Super Bowl next year. Remember, new uniforms. We'll see who they get at quarterback. I mean, if they're rolling it back with Taylor Heineke, I, I guess <laughs> I can't go for that. But uh, maybe um, we have to get prepare for a, a Taylor Heineke Super Bowl next year. Love it. All right, so that has been leaked. Uh, just so you know, I believe that's actually official. If it's something other than that, I would be very surprised. Well, I never when when Dan, Dan Snyder's involved, I never count anything until we know for sure. I think that's a safe way to play it. Well, we shall see, and we will discuss it next week during our Super Bowl preview show. Thank you all for joining us. This was a really fun episode. We'd like to do these kind of conceptual ideas rather than just standard sports talk. So getting to do the All-Star Draft is fun for us. We hope it was fun for you. We'll be back here next week with our Super Bowl preview and probably talk about the legacy of Tom Brady, uh, whatever else is going on in the sports world. Thank you all for joining us on the Sports Gospel. See you next week.